Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Amir Pice is a composer, musician, multi-instrumentalist, producer, poet, somatic experiencing practitioner, and a facilitator of healing through music and self-inquiry workshops. Studied philosophy, Sufism, Jewish mysticism, and texts of the Kabbalah in the Tel Aviv University. He has then continued to travel the world extensively around integrated music, spiritual disciplines, and natural healing. For the 25 years that Amir was been has been performing. He has also led and facilitated music, self-healing, and interfaith workshops in Israel, Europe, the Americas, and Australia. He is co-founder of the Shiva, the Hebrew music ensemble with which he performed in the U.S., Canada, Europe, Australia, and Israel. I'm super excited to introduce y'all to Amir. We've been working together for the last six months or so. And every time we speak, I'm just left totally grounded. And I know I'm supposed to be helping and coaching you, but you really helped me so much. So I'm excited to talk to you and connect more with you. So welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. I'm happy to speak with you. It's been such a whirlwind. Um, What's happened for you, you just have released a new single, a new music video, it's taken off. So congratulations. I can't wait to talk all about that. But before we jump into music land, let's just ground down and tell me how you're going, what's happening in your world, all the things. All right. Um, Well, it's a it's a sunny day. It's a sunny autumn day in Australia, so it's, it's a little bit chilly, uh, but the sun is shining and, you know, the trees are standing tall and their leaves are shining in the, in the sun and birds were chirping this morning and my dog was wagging her tail and, and my beloved partner Nirupa was smiling at me. So I can, I, can, I can only be grateful for the life I lead. Um, the situation in the, in the world is, uh, is somewhat of a, of a constant concern, really. Um, just being a human on, on the planet in this time and being aware uh, of the major issues of climate change and and global conflicts and um, technology, the the abuse of technology and and so on. And the conflict that is happening in my my birth country, in Israel, 
Um, I have friends on both sides of the, of the border. I wish it was a clear border, but it isn't a clear border. Um, and I wish it was a clear border only so that it will be clear because I believe in having clear boundaries and, and, and just clarity in one's life. And observing the situation in the Middle East, it's a tough neighborhood. And um, people are unfortunately well seasoned with conflict and war and, and bloodshed and a lot of violence. And regardless of the, regardless of the different narratives that are happening, uh, it's, it is quite a complex situation, but it is also very, very simple. And the simplicity is around what motivates people. And I believe that we are either motivated fundamentally by, by the impulse to love and connect. Um, I believe we are made of love. So, and love is a different name for God or love is a different name for oneness or interconnectivity and, or we are not aware of where we come from or where we belong to, which is to that one source of life. And, and then we are motivated by separation and by fear. And, and then we see the other as, as a threat. Now, I'm not negating the pra practicalities that sometimes the other is a threat to our safety and, and, and so on. But I'm talking about something at the core of the issue, which is the awareness and consciousness of, of people, of, of the culture, of the people that actually live there. And I believe that a lot of it is, is uh, being uh, encouraged by the layer of leadership. And unfortunately, both in the Israeli side that, that has been neglecting for decades the Palestinians and, and the Palestinian issue, and, both in, and, and also in the Palestinian side, where the, the, the layer of leadership is less interested in investing in the well-being of their own people and more interested in, in the conflict, in running the conflict. And you can see that by just simply by the, the amounts of money that are being spent on parks or schools or hospitals or the amounts of money that are being spent on arms. And that mm -hmm. is true on, you know, everywhere. And that unfortunately that is true everywhere in the world. And, um, and so although the Middle East is, it's, has its own unique characteristics, and especially now when we speak, um, the conflict is going on and it's just horrible. And my 84 year old mom has to go to the shelter when rockets are flying from Gaza over Tel Aviv. And unfortunately, I have dear friends and family, which I consider family, that are, they don't even have a shelter to run to you know, on the other side. And, and the, the amount of suffering is just horrible. Um, 
I believe that it is a matter of us making an inner work, our own inner evolution. And I believe that this is the most this would be the most contribution we can make for bettering the world we live in. And um, yeah, I mean, I, look, my, my, my views really uh, didn't change since I was eight years old. <laughs> That's, they are the same. Um, I just have maybe now, you know, better vocabulary to, to articulate it, but I, I believe the same. I believe yeah. we, yeah. I, I'm so glad that you shared all that. And it's something that we were speaking to offline because last time we spoke, I was asking you how you were doing and you brought up that your mom was, you know, in this situation. And I've just been seeing so much like this is sort of the social media, not to downplay the conflict, but this is sort of the thing that people are like on the social media bandwagon about right now. Like it feels like everyone's posting and there's just not a lot of, um, clear information on what's really going on. And I think that, um, social media is just such a weird, weird place. And when we last spoke, you had mentioned that you grew up in a war zone and that the sad matter is that that's still what's happening. And like you said, it's a difficult neighborhood. And now that you are experiencing this from Australia, from the nice sunny morning you woke up to, how do you, you have such an awareness and yet such a gratitude. And I think it comes back to what you just said about the work being internal and that being sort of the, the evolution that needs to take place here. But now that, I mean, and I want to talk more about the music and, and your sort of story and how it all came to be, but what has the experience been like for you on just a day-to-day -day basis, knowing that this is going on, but being so far away from it, having friends and close family on both sides? So I keep, I keep close contact with my family and and by the way the the music is uh, is so connected to to that world view and it's just an, an expression of it so uh, there's nothing that is disconnected i'm i'm happy we are conversing about that because that's fundamental mm -hmm. um, and in a way that is a part of my my own you know um, building blocks or you know, what I grew up on and the things that shaped me. And so I'm in close contact with my friend and family. I, I um, and regardless of whether there is a, a current um, eruption of conflict or not, uh, I am speaking to my mom almost daily and to other friends uh, regularly. And so I feel that I feel I feel sad. I feel the sadness about the conflict and about Israel and about Palestine. And I feel and I must say I feel sadness when I think of of, of Burma, of Myanmar. And I feel sadness when I look at, at the Rohingya people, mm. you know, and, and what's happening in other places of conflicts on the planet. And 
you know, I refer to when I was a kid, it always felt that the conflict is not, a conflict is not isolated to, to one locality. It's actually, it's a frequency, it's a thread that runs through the mind of humanity. And that's, that's where my impulse, where I go to, I, I, when I try, it's like when we, when we approach healing, there are symptoms. So we can deal with the symptoms, mm. but what is the cause for those symptoms? And that's what I'm interested in. And that's what propelled me to self-inquiry because I'm interested in the clockworks. What is behind the scenes? Why things appear the way they appear? Why do I have stress in my life? Why am I feeling like I need to rush or run or I don't have time? What is the cause of all this? What can I do then to slow down? How can I then regulate my system? So my feeling is that my contribution to the big soup of everything, so to speak, is to add the spice of contemplation and inquiry towards what is good, towards what's already healthy, towards what's already working. In my, in my somatic experiencing studies, I learned that we are wired, then our nervous system is wired to look for what's not working. We are wired to orient towards danger because that's, that's our evolution. We needed that. But we can educate ourselves and re-educate ourselves to orient towards what works, what is actually good in our life, what we can be grateful for. And that is changing the whole world we live in because if I am looking from a certain point of view, that's how the world is seen to me. If I change a little bit my point of view, it's a different world I live in. And so um, that I, I rather point the flashlight of awareness towards, towards what is working and also be very mindful about of how of what's coming out of my mouth and what thoughts am I engaged in and what do I watch so that I am not so that I'm not contributing to the to the soup spices of more separation and more alienation and more fear and more hate and more anger not to say that I don't feel all those things I am human and I do feel all those things. And it is very important to be informed, of course. And, and, and sometimes I, I feel angry and, and rightly so because I see a wrongdoing, because I witness a breach of boundaries, because my, my self-protection is, is, is rising up in, in, intuitively or instinctively from within me. That's absolutely natural and important. I don't want to shave it off. But then I want to inquire what's the cause of it. I don't want to be consumed by it and I don't want to purge it or dump it without awareness. So 
that's the way I bridge the two. I bridge, that's the way I bridge where I live, which is very, very peaceful at the moment. And the place where I grew up, which is full of stress and conflict, yeah. you know? It's beautiful, though, that you sort of, you know, used that conflict to catapult this deep seeking and this deep self-inquiry journey that you've been on. And even just from listening to you speak, I feel like I could listen to you. I just sort of like want you to narrate my experience as I'm having it all of the time, because for me, talking specifically about the nervous system and how we're wired it's funny because I was not, it's so beyond, I think, well, what, what I was going to say is I was not raised in a war zone. Um, I grew up in a very comfortable, very safe, happy, loving family and community. And yet my nervous system is still in fight or flight all the time. And part of me is almost like, where does this come from? Because it's just so irrational compared to the experience and my upbringing. Like, but then I think to this and it's the soup it's, um, you know, collectively our nervous systems are pretty fried and the fact that you've been seeking and you've been doing this work for so long, every time I speak to you, you say something that's just totally profound and like resets that spot in me that lives in that fight or flight, whether it's through your music, whether it's through your words, you said something and I'm totally going to mess it up. But last time we spoke, you said something about how can we arrive to a place we never left? And I've just been sort of playing that over and over. And when you think of it, this like collective soup and what we're contributing to that and the remembering that has occurred, I mean, why are we so stressed out? When you said, why are we stressed out? What is the root of that? Like, what is the issue? We are all so high strung right now. And it comes naturally to me, like my nervous systems needs soothing. And if I'm not actively soothing it, like taking a yoga class or meditation or listening to music or whatever, I'm going for a walk and actively focusing on soothing it, I'm in fight or flight. That's my natural default. And so what I'm contributing to the soup when I'm not in awareness is not good. Yeah. And, and uh, totally, totally makes sense. Let me add also another, another uh, branch to the fight and flight, and that would be freeze. So mm -hmm. fight, flight, or freeze. And the freeze is the, all the, the disassociation part. Uh, when we just stare at a TV screen and we disassociate or we go for substance use or... So these are all forms of disassociation which will be, which will be linked to the freeze part of our survival mechanism and so when we are aware of those mechanisms we can actually find ways to regulate our nervous system before we arrive into those extreme heightened experiences because then our nervous system will will uncontrollably in, uh, um, uh, naturally 
and automatically will those systems those protective systems will kick in because we are on survival and so there is so much wisdom already innately wired in our system that is guiding us when we are when we need to survive in whatever way the the in the art of living so to speak what is required of us is to slow down and see the and be aware of the preliminary signs and like you said if i am feeling that i'm getting a bit anxious and i am not finding ways to regulate myself then it will just get heightened and heightened and heightened and speed up and then it will just either blow up or in some way, like so, it, it will either look like a big fight or a flare for somebody whose sympathetic nervous system is so is 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 ready to blow up, mm-hmm. or someone who will collapse and freeze, or someone who will be in total anxiety. So you are you. It, it, so what you're saying is totally makes is making sense because. We are, we are all impacted by the stress because we live on a, on a very stressful human planet. And, the, and the, I may have been uh, growing up in a, in a happy family with great parents, with, you know, ideal environment, but I am op- I'm an open system to the atmosphere I live in. It's enough that I heard something on the news when I was a kid. It's enough that there was, um, there was an uncle that had an issue. Uh, maybe it's also intergenerational trauma. And God knows that over the last, over the recorded history of mankind, there are very traumatic events and it doesn't matter if they happened to us directly or they happened and and to humanity and we heard about it or even were exposed to it through our ancestors in some way and and this is it's also the beauty of it so this is the horror of it but it's also the beauty of it because what it means is that we are interconnected that we are interweaved, we are, we are, this present moment envelops everything that happened and everything that will happen. And in this moment, we are, we are all interconnected always, forever. And so what, how do I, if I am a radio station, what frequency do I want to, to tune to, to tune into? And I, I believe that part of my attraction to philosophy and natural healing and music, and, but music not as entertainment, music more of a, a healing modality um, or a, a language of connection. My, my attraction to that is propelled out of my wish to rise 
and to and to step out of those murky frequencies of fear and separation and conflict um, I aspire for harmony and and you know for years I've been called oh you're just a fluff you're just a whatever new age oh you're just like whatever but it always seemed to me so funny that um, those labels are sort of they're being they're they're being said as as if to be to put down someone but i always felt like they actually affirm something in me mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i mean i think yeah there's so much i think noise like you said and attuning to the frequencies like there's a lot of things that are being labeled new age or there's a lot of I think categories or boxes that people like to put other people in just because it helps their projection of who they are become clearer. And that's what I've been thinking about so much. And my next question for you is actually just like, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? And I always love this question and something that I've been thinking about a lot. Right When I asked my husband this on the podcast, he said the economy and I was like, what? Um, and something that I've been thinking about a lot is just like projection and how we see others and how they see us. And just that dance that we have of just like mirroring what it is that we're looking for or what it is that we're attuning to. And so I think that within that frequency, of course, there's people that are on different frequencies in that. But from the very first time I worked with you, Luca, who's been on this podcast as a guest before, um, actually introduced us. And then we connected. He told me that you were actually a huge help around anxiety and depression and that you like are this incredible healer. And I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface because we've been so focused on your music, which I'm going to talk about. And that's just been the main layer, but there's just so much to it. So one, I would like you to answer what it is that you really spend your time thinking about or reading about right now. What's the most exciting and relevant thing you can share and then I want to dive into music as a healing modality because I really want to talk more about that. So as to what I'm most thinking about, I'm, I'm working actively on mostly not think. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, there would be, you know, there are, there's a lot of, time or there's a lot of life that I live without thinking. How? How? When I am, you see, thinking is a, it's again, you, you know, I heard when I, when I went to India for the first time and I, and I met the teachings of Ramana Maharshi, um, the sage, and, and this is something that I use a lot, that image of, um, and, and something I taught both my sons when they were very young, that thoughts and emotions and our experiences, our life experiences, they are just like clouds in the sky. But we are not the clouds in the sky. We are the sky. We are the vast sky. So a thought may pass in the sky, but it's a thought it's a cloud, it's passing. 
It has a form. It arrives and it goes. It's not real. What's real is the spaciousness. It's the space in which those thoughts and emotions are passing. So these are the weather systems, but I am not the weather systems. I am the space in which that is happening. So in a way, that's to say that I am the awareness of what is happening rather than what is happening. So that, that is just like a finger that is pointing in a certain direction. And that when I met that teaching, I was drawn to that direction. And basically that's an inward direction mm -hmm. where I was pointed to. And then it's the process of inquiry. You know, sometimes to ask the question, who am I? like the famous, the famous self-inquiry question, who am I? The question mark at the end of the phrase, who am I, is not inviting an answer. It is just opening a space. Mm. That's all. It is just to open a space. So for example, you say how. So I'll give you a small example. I'm in the garden and I am weeding the veggie patch. And I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just weeding the veggie patch. <laughs> so I'm, 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 all of me, all of my awareness in this moment is just pulling the weeds from this little veggie patch. And I'm not thinking about, oh, what I've done yesterday or what I'm going to do tomorrow or what I read in the news or what's going to happen if I call this person or that person or how's that going to be or how it will. I'm just, I'm not thinking about those things. I'm not even thinking, is this, a, maybe I'm thinking, is this a weed or a vegetable? <laughs> yeah. But that's all. So that's one example. I do have to say gardening and cooking has definitely helped me during COVID. I was not like a gardener cooker and, and we moved, we bought a home and we have this incredible garden and I've been cooking a lot lately. And that is something that when I can remember to just quiet my mind and, and, and make a meal, it's been really helpful. It's been really healing for me, but for me, it's just like how many I'm constantly also super random, but I've been really drawn to, uh, Ramana Maharshi in the last like six months. That's like the 20th time, Wonderful. like his photo keeps showing up. Um, yeah. so I, I obviously like need to lean into that more, but I just couldn't believe that I heard you say that because I'm a big follower and devotee of Neem Karoli Baba. And so that's sort of my, my route to God. And, um, I've been just so called to read more and listen more about Ramana Maharshi. So that's just such a random side note. Um, yeah. but so beautiful. And just to go back to these teachings, I think what's so beautiful about what you're saying, I mean, you've done this seeking. And I think one of my favorite, like the, the, what you just talked about, like the space that opens when you ask one of my favorite teachers, he's a, a Swami in India, Swami Nardanand. 
and he comes to Baja sometimes where I practice and he says deep seeking is enough because deep seeking is what opens that space and the seeking, the asking. Cause I think also so many people, myself included, get so attached to wanting a guru to wanting to be seen by a guru, like then just all the ego play and the ego Leela that is inevitable when we are human beings. And so the remembering to be present, like I have tattoos, I have angel cards, I have everything to just remember to stop thinking. And it does not come naturally to me. And I think that the anxiety and the noise and the social media and my business and There's just so much to it, but when I can just go in the garden and like clip my fresh herbs and actually make a meal with them, there's something so beautiful about that. And part of me feels selfish enjoying that because of there's so many other things I could be doing or other people I could be helping, or how can I be enjoying this when other people are hiding from, you know, in a bomb shelter. And I think that's the part that really the pull of like, I'm there, I'm in it. And then something pulls me out and then I have to remember to go back. And is that something that as the practice continues, you found gets easier and more natural? I find that, um, I, I find that, that, that practice is essential. Mm-hmm. And, and also, um, you know, when I do think about things, what interests me most and what I'm studying every day and, and I, I actively think about is the clockworks of connection and dis- disconnection. Mm. How I can find and be aware of the, con- of the connections in the connectivity, the capacity to connect in my life with people, with things, with what I do, and and being that's for me. This is that's the essence of awareness and presence. Mm-hmm. And what causes disconnection? Mm. And uh, and I don't believe that there is a vacuum. I don't believe that there is a, a, a like a between space. I believe it's either we're connected or we're disconnected. And we can have a mixture of the two. Totally, yeah. Different to different measures. But yeah, so that's what I'm thinking about most. Yeah. And, and about, about the, the, the practice, um, I believe practice is essential. And this is where that, that beautiful notion of... of um, of what I told you about arrival, mm-hmm. uh, because I believe, and that's my belief system, right? Based on my life experiences and, and what I've and, and what I'm learning through different teachings and teachers, and, and through life, is that there is no arrival. There is no point where I can say, "That's it. I arrived. Now I'm sitting on my throne." And I don't have to practice anymore because I am, that's it. I got it. The I got it is only good for the present moment. It's fresh produce 
in the market. It's like fresh produce right now. I cannot take it away for, and it's not good for me tomorrow. There is no arrival because essentially we never left that place. The, all the moments of I got it are actually, oh my God, I'm always home. Mm. Who I truly am. Wow. I never left. How can I leave this place? That's, that's the essence of who I am. How can I leave it? I cannot leave it. Therefore, I cannot ever arrive to it. And so the whole notion of I need to strive in order to arrive, I believe is actually creating a lot of confusion and disconnect. And it, it, it has a little bit of the Western overachiever mm -hmm. mode. Um, like who's, it, who's working harder to... Who's more? Yeah. yeah. Who's more? Am I a better practitioner right. because, because I can stretch more? In, am I a better yogi because I can contort more? Not to say anything against contortions. Right. I wish I was flexible <laughs> in that way. But... But that's not the essence of it. What it, what all those practices? They what what are they? What are they for? They are for facilitating that non-mediated, immediate, accessible embodiment of connection, of being presence, aware, alive, here, and. And, and the beauty of it also, and that is connecting to, you know, to Ramana Maharshi and to Nim Karoli Baba and to the different gurus, you know, I believe, and I was told that when I was very young, uh, I was told that guru can be embodied in a form, can be can be coming through an avatar, through a person, right? Someone that has a form, someone that his body is born and then dies. But guru really is a frequency of life. Mm. Guru is this vibrational aspect of life. And that is the teaching, that is the wisdom, that is the, the truth that is being revealed to oneself as one lives life. That is guru. That is that which brings me out of my ignorance to the light of awareness. Mm. And I, I think for me, that was such a relief. I mean, I met in my life, I met incredible people. And that, that, um, that understanding that guru is not attached to a form, mm -hmm. but it is a frequency of life itself that takes the edge off my egoic need to hold on to a form or to be seen or loved by a form or, and so on. Yeah. And, and yeah, I feel like it, 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 it protects me and mm. protected me throughout my life and, and God knows I, you know, I, I fell in the egoic traps, you know, more than once I lost my hair uh, doing that. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. yeah. It, and 
Yeah. And, and I, what I love about, and, and I'm excited now to dive into the music side, because when you're talking about being in that space of connection, I feel like there really is no better medicine for me than music. Like it's always been music. It's like such a shortcut. Like you turn on a song or a melody and like, boom, there you are, you're back, you're home. So can we talk about that experience and just like the real medicine of music as, as healing beyond, you know, just entertainment and, and what that journey has been like for you? Absolutely. I mean, okay, so I mean, my life has always been around music and I, I'm connected with the language of music since I am, since I remember myself. Mm. Um, and to the essence of what you're asking me, music is a healer, music is a shaman, music is, music is the resonant field, the field of resonance, which we are all part of, that quantum scientific term, field of resonance, it is music. This is what music is. It's vibration and frequency. And I believe that the future of medicine is, is right there, frequency and vibration. I mean, it's already, but even more so. And, and it's also ancient because that's how healers, right, used to, what they used to, to bring people in and out of altered states. To, to create connection in a community, to accompany rites of passage, to... The amazing thing is that when we are listening to a song, we are not only listening with our ears and our intellect, we are listening with our whole body because our whole body is space. We are more space than matter. So when there is a vibration, a music that we are exposed to, it reverberates and vibrates in our whole being. And so, and that's also why singing is such a, a wonderful healing mm. um, event, because when we sing, we, we are reverberating, we use our vocal cords and we are using our whole body for it. By the way, using our vocal cords is connected with a part of our nervous system, you know, and those who are interested can, can, can look into the, the polyvagal theory of Stephen Porges that is talking about the ventral vagal, the ventral vagus nerve. Uh, we will not go into it now, but but it's Very just cool, a beautiful. But it's a beautiful door to enter right. into and explore a little bit about the science of that is behind it. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense. It's not just a spiritual, um, intellectual concept, and it's not only beautiful to articulate. It is an actual physical embodied experience music will always be in the present moment there is no way to listen to a song a minute ago and or a minute from now it is it has to be right now and it is almost like the interface between spirit and matter it's it's so intangible right it's so fleeting but it is so impactful and it has a physicality and so I always thought of songs like little healing capsules, mm. you know, and I have songs that these songs, they changed my life. They blew my mind. They, totally. they exploded my heart. They, they, they opened me up to, to ideas, to truth, to wisdom, to, 
they 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 were they were communicating they were messengers that brought to me things that i have never imagined and i could never articulate or things that i felt but i didn't know how to express mm. i didn't have the language for um and so for me music is one of the purest forms of communication connection healing um and the enhancer of what is wise and natural already mm. and now everybody knows why i am working with amir <laughs> um it's so beautiful and what that's one of my favorite things that when we first connected about your new album which i can't wait for you to share and this will be released one day after that comes out actually on my birthday so very auspicious day june 16th is when the new very album auspicious. and one day after my birthday june 15th no way did we know that uh, i believe i mean my my birthday is june 15th the album is coming june 16th which is your birthday and i believe this podcast will come out the 17th the 17th oh my yes. gosh the what a good week <laughs> it's a good sequence it's a good sequence um but when you first came to me and talked to me about sort of your why and all of this and you just said it, you just sort of cut through a lot of the noise for me and i think that's something i keep coming back to like i see it as like a sword with like chamomile or lavender on it like oh, a, nice. like a gentle you know sword a soothing sword and you were talking about music and you said i don't it's not about money for me it's i'm looking for a strategy to reach more people with the music and i just my prayer is that more people hear the music and it's just so simple and so beautiful and that's what we've done and what's been so awesome to see is how people have reacted to to your new album to the new single and music video it's really taken on a life of its own and what that experience has been like and just to talk more about the album what inspired it what's coming what we can look forward to because i feel like after listening to this everybody's going to go want to tune into this frequency so mm -hmm. let's talk more about it and how it came to be well I uh, I wrote an album in 2015. I, I put out an album and, and and I called it Satsang. Mm -hmm. So you know, like Satsang, but and 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 I, I wasn't presuming to to share Satsang, which basically means sitting in truth. But I did intend to to share a Satsang, which is songs that are for and by. What is, what what is for me truthful and and free and loving and so it felt like that was 2015 and i felt like i started to study somatic experiencing after that and and i you know following the footsteps of my beloved partner nirupa and she brought that language home and i felt that that's really evolutionary and um, I should learn that language as well. And I felt like the time has come to create a new album 
I didn't have, I, I had like a couple of songs from way back when that I thought that I would create. And I was in a, in a um, retreat in a, the Gayatri Festival of Deva Premal and Miten uh, in Corfu. Um, my wife and I were assisting them on their Tantra Mantra retreat. And then we did the Gayatri Festival after, and they invited me to sing a song. We are friends for many years already. And they invited me to sing a song with their band and their producer, Joby Baker was there. And we sang that song of mine and, and just the connectivity and the feeling I had. And I told him after, wow, Joby it would be amazing to create an album with you. And he said, let's do it, baby, in his own Joby way. And I said, okay, when, how we do it? He said, look, we, in a few months, in five months, that was in August, he said, in five months or so, we are in Australia for a tour. That's pre-COVID. Mm. Um, let's, let's meet and record. And then if whatever, whatever we need after, you just come to Canada and we come to me and we continue. I said, okay. I remember going back to our little uh, Airbnb in, in Corfu overlooking the sea. And I was playing with my guitar and instead of waiting for inspiration to descend upon me, I decided I'm gonna go to the gates of inspiration and I'm gonna knock on those doors and those gates, I'm gonna shake those gates until I get an answer. And so I did and after Five months, I had 10 songs ready, songs that, that I felt portray both, mm, both, the, both the light side of life as, as I would like to see it or as I see it or as I appreciate it, but they also embrace the, the parts that are difficult, the parts that are challenging. And I realized that without the shadow work, there is no healing. Mm. And the shadow work, what it means essentially is that we are seeing what is hiding. Mm. We want to see what is hiding because without seeing, there is no healing. Mm, I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that was my intention. And I met with a, with a temple band with Joby and Spencer Cousins and Miles Bold on percussion. Spencer was on keyboard. We went into my friend's studio here in Australia. In four days, we recorded the basis of the 10 songs. And then I traveled to Cuba with uh, Nirupa, my wife, to dance a couple of weeks or three weeks of salsa. Then we went to uh, Costa Rica, we met with our sons, we had a great vacation, we went to Israel for a wedding, and then COVID hit. And it was, okay, we have to leave Israel before they close the borders. So I, we went to Canada, to Joby, to finish the vocals. Instead of three weeks there, I had only three days. I put all the vocals down, and then Joby and I worked and we came to Australia just before they closed the borders. Wow. And we came back home and me and Joby continued to work uh, remotely. He added a few other musicians that beautified the songs beyond measure. And 
the production level and and I mean I I don't know if this is uh, I mean obviously this is a personal thing but I don't want to go back a day in my life I feel that the more I live the better life is mm. I'm most I'm most comfortable in my own skin is I mature and 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 I I love actually maturing I always loved mature people even as a kid I really loved old people so I'm yeah. I, I love that and then um, I do too I really am happy to be aging yeah. so I'm I'm feeling like this work is you know I love everything I've done so far in my life but I feel that this is this is the best thing I've done so far it's really good I, just, I really love it and uh, and I feel that there is some there is something that is being transmitted to me um, right. that is that truthful and intimate and I, and I believe in that power. I believe that what comes out of my heart is reaching a heart. And I don't know, I'm not interested in the, it's not about, it's about the quality. Life is about quality. It's not about quantity. Of course, I would like the music to be shared and to be exposed to as many people as possible, but I would never compromise right. the quality for it or and i will not also go after practices that may promote the music but will not be aligned with the values that i want to live my life by it's, and so yeah. it's so beautiful and i feel like when i listen to the single um that you just released by the way congratulations it's been actually you have two singles out yeah. that you'll have so two singles and an album so the whole album by the time you hear this but the first single was released and it's just you know people are just sharing it it's totally taking off but it's similarly the the way that i describe it as a non-musician because i just i can't comprehend it to me music is just proof of god like you said it's that in between and when i listen to your music i can feel the frequency in the same way that when you eat really good food made with love, you can feel the love, you can feel the um, intention that was infused into it. And that's how I feel about your music. It's like the, the best meal, you know, for your ears and for your heart. And it's really beautiful. And I've been sharing it with my husband and he's really, he really loved the, you just have it. And, and it's that thing that is really hard to put on. If, if I could name it, it would make marketing really easy for me <laughs> because it's not something that you can be taught. It's this thing that somebody has. And when I meet that in somebody else, I have it too, in my own way. And there's sort of that recognition of it. And I'm like, this is going to do really well people are really going to like this. Let's just make sure people can access it. Right. And that it's in a way on your website and on Spotify that it's easy for people to share and, and access and listen. And that's what we've been creating. And so it's gone really well. And I just love how many people get to hear it and working with you is like my reason. Right. So it's like having people like you come into my life from all over the world that need my support around getting their gift or their truth out into the world. And that's where I get to come in and I get to play in these very intimate and uh, vulnerable 
ways where you're sharing such a big piece of yourself. And my job is to just make sure, like, I I think of each project, like a little baby, and I'm just like nurturing it and holding it and caring for it in a way that's making sure the right energy and the right people get to connect with it. So it's just been such a fun journey. And every single time we speak, I just, I'm like taking notes or I write little lines down that you speak and that you say. And I think it just all goes back to, you know, the age to my, one of my other favorite guests to have on here is Gay Hendricks. And he is a writer and has been writing books on like the oneness and sort of, um, all of these sort of new age ideas since the seventies, he's been writing about this topic and there's something to that consistency. Like you said, the practice and seeing that in people that have been doing it for 20 plus years, 30 plus years and the effect and like the long-term where you don't have to constantly need 20 different reminders that you're just here and you're just present because you've been doing the practice long enough. And And I think that's really beautiful. So I'm really um, inspired by your music, by your work. I would love to continue the conversation, continue working with you. I just think there's so much to be learned. Um, And now is such an important time. So all of the places in which we can find you, please share how we can find you on your website, on Spotify, all that stuff so people can learn more. So, so yeah, uh, places to find me, YouTube, um, on my YouTube channel, and Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, and website, and all other digital platforms. Uh, the distributor, I believe, is putting the music uh, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and um, I want to say something to the what you said about practice and because it's so beautiful, what is really important is not if we fall off the wagon. It's not, we, we are walking a tightrope. It's not important if we fall. The practice is not for not falling. The practice is for swiftly coming back mm. to, to, to being on, on, the, on the righteous path, on the right path, being aligned. It's not important if I make a mistake. Make as many mistakes as possible, one of the teachers told me. Mm. You know, but this, the practice is to come back swiftly. That's what the practice is for. So, so yeah, I, I, am a, I, I, loved our, I love our conversations. And I, I, I want to thank you for lighting up for me a certain aspect that was a bit obscure and that is the whole the whole part so the creative mode i'm so comfortable in it it's like i I can live in it all day the 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 promoting or the marketing part of things where it's sort of like this huge mountain that i need to, to 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 walk and to climb and it's always daunting and i've done what i could in the with the tools that i had but I felt that what you have um, facilitated for me is the understanding that giving it to the world is not disconnected from creating it or being a conduit for what's coming through. And I love that. I can still be me 
authentic and real and vulnerable. In fact, these are my powers. These are my superpowers as I am sharing it from my bedroom or from my studio. I'm sharing it with the outer world and I'm using me. That's all. And that is so cool because it's not, it, again, it's not about the num, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality because that's what life is about. So it's just wonderful. I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. Now my work here is done because I've showed you that what a gift it is. I mean, that's, I, and I really, really believe that is the thing. It's not some markety, salesy, like my work here is rooted in deep spirituality and marketing is just my mask, right? That I wear and it's the role that I play and I play it really well because I believe that, you know, the role that we're here to play, our job is to do it well because we're having a human experience after all. But mm -hmm. I really do believe that the more people sharing their gifts, their truth, living in service in prayer on that frequency, it's healing everything. And so if it wasn't for people like you that have these incredible gifts, messages, truths with a lack of knowledge around maybe the technology or the right strategy or whatever it is, I wouldn't be able to share my gifts. So it's really powerful in that way because it's part of my art to create these strategies and to meet these people and say, that's it, that's it, that's something. This is going to help a lot of people if we can just create a strategy to get it out there. And so that's why I do it. And there are certain people that just, you know, you being one of them, Trevor, Emery, Luca, this family um, that we have, you know, across continent, across continents is just like, there's something there and there's something that need like it's almost like the the message or the the energy the frequency of your music called me not even you it was like the frequency of it is like this needs to get out there we're going to link you up with somebody who's going to get it out there right it's like i really believe that these ideas and the the music and the stuff that comes through us it's not ours it's you know we're the messengers for that and when something needs to come through it's our job to listen so and, and it's been so fun. So, so I appreciate you saying that and seeing that because that's a huge piece of my why it's beyond, you know, it's helping people here heal their relationship with, with getting their gifts and truth and vulnerability and authenticity out there. Cause that's, what's healing everyone right now. So thank you for doing what you do and letting mm -hmm. me share you with my audience. I know this is just such a beautiful episode, wherever you are listening, happy birthday to us and happy album release to you. It's an auspicious day. It's an auspicious week. The best way you can support this podcast and wish me a happy birthday is by leaving a review, sharing it with your friends and same thing with Amir. Give us both a big shout out on socials. Truly it's the best way to support artists, small business owners, creators is to just keep sharing and spreading the love. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you so much. And to my listeners, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, keep growing. Mm -hmm.